everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. line as we finish uh, 2020 we uh, crowned a champion for the world series of poker uh, actually for the second time in 2020 this was the online version uh they actually had players travel to las vegas play at the rio and uh we crowned a champion joseph Abair. Uh, i mentioned that on the show last week uh the european champion i mentioned i think the week before damian salas uh from argentina and the two were set to meet on December 30th. Unfortunately, there was some problem with travel, and uh, Salas could not enter the United States at that point. But he did get uh, passage into the U.S., and they played on Sunday. And uh, Salas won the head-to-head battle for $1 million, in addition to the $1.55 million that both players won earlier. So we have another champion. Uh, I don't know what we do with the one that we got this summer, but... Uh, uh, I don't feel like, Joe, we have a real champion until uh, everybody plays the entire tournament live. Uh, I agree 100% with you, Dave. I, to be honest with you, <laughs> I kind of paid off as you were giving up that information because it means absolutely nothing to me. Uh, you know, I, and, and I know it's not their fault. Uh, obviously, the pandemic has changed everything this year. And for us, you know, unfortunately, the, the WSOP, I just pray that come may at the end of may beginning of june even if it even if it's a short you know uh, you know truncated uh, uh tournament i'd rather see it all live even if we were looking at what about 100 100 tournaments this year dave i think they had announced before the pandemic something like that i don't even remember the exact number but uh okay uh, but it was close to it if it wasn't at 100 yeah yeah i think it might have been over and just over 100 there so so, you know, with that being the case, you know, uh, I have heard that Vegas right now is at a 25% capacity. I uh, spoke coincidentally that we're talking about this uh, young man by the name of uh, a man named by, by the name of Luis Rodriguez, who worked for me, came from Vegas, is back out there, and he's running, uh, helping a company that runs the Mid States Poker Tour and, and getting involved in other things. So, he's trying to see if I could do this stuff. and. I, I asked him, and he goes, well, you know, they are running a bunch of tournaments, you know, at the Venetian on a daily basis. And um, he mentioned another hotel. I can't recall right now. But I was told that they're at 25% capacity, you know, that they can't, you know, the rooms for rental. So that that all needs to change before this tournament comes back uh, live, Dave. Yeah, I did have to get some information. One of the stories I was going to bring up tonight was that James Carroll – who won a big tournament at the Hard Rock last year and had a great year in 2020, uh, actually won the Mid-States Poker Tour Venetian event out there over the weekend. And uh, so they did. Ha- they are getting some live tournaments back. Uh, the Seminole Hard Rock is uh, setting to uh, get underway with the, uh, the Lucky Hearts Poker Open, which will be in January, starting on January 14th. Uh, they have, in the opening event, they are limiting it to 400 players in each starting uh, session, uh, it goes over, uh, uh, I think it's over three days, six sessions. So um, 
That means a max of 2,400 so players. This is a million dollars? Now, this is the opener. Okay, David, uh, are you talking about the Lucky Hearts? Yeah, Lucky Hearts. Uh, not the main event, because but the, the, the main opening event. event. They have a, oh, because for the, the main event, I heard they're having 10 flights. Same thing, 400 max. Yeah, so, um, let, me, let, me, let me pull the schedule up here in front of me. For, for a $300 buy-in, you need just 3,400 people, which would, would tell you easily the math is 340 per flight. So um, that's how confident they figure they're going to do this. My guess is they're going to have to be doing this in one of their uh, you know, conference uh, rooms, uh, ballrooms or something. Uh, to sit that many because um, I believe you and I may have spoken about this yesterday at, at, uh, at Casino Miami, but um, they had a 25k guarantee and a 50,000k guarantee with an $1,100 buy-in. And when I looked at their, you know, at their rules, they were starting the tournament at 11, and it was gonna it was gonna close out at at noon, which was giving it for one hour. Or if they reached 119 players, whichever came first. And um, I found out that they had 99 entrants in Sundays, creating a price pool of $100 short of 109000 And um, okay. I don't know how many they got in on Saturday. I couldn't find out. But, um, you know. Was that the big stack? Pretty the big estimate. stack tournament? Yeah, deep, the deep stack. I don't know what it is. It was, they added it into their, into their January promotions. This this uh, this past weekend's two tournaments were not announced until the Saturday before. Eleven hundred dollar buy-in. That was the big slick, uh, the January big slick, and they had ninety nine players. Uh, first place went to Alan Beeler, uh, twenty two thousand nine hundred dollars. Okay, they must have made a deal. Right? Yeah, there was a three way deal. Alan uh, Beeler, yeah, John Miller, and John Kirby. Twenty-two okay. nine, twenty thousand, and uh, fourteen point eight thousand. But that was uh, that was the ninety-nine players that you talked about. Uh, the prize pool ended up being ninety-six thousand dollars. The prize pool was all because of what they took out for the exactly. staffing and for the house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's still almost double what they guaranteed. So that's outstanding. Yeah, so that was yesterday. Uh, the, the guarantee was uh, fifty thousand, uh, so they passed that easily. Eleven hundred dollar buy-in, and uh, so they're getting ready now. There, they finished up their fun in the Sun series. Uh, I wanted to get into some of that. Uh, five tournaments right between Christmas and New Year's. A good friend of ours, and you mentioned this to me the other day, was is uh, Aldrin Gomez. And uh, he finished third in one event and fifth in another. So a uh, pretty big uh, series for oh, him. Which, which one did he finish third in? I see. I saw where he got knocked out in fifth. I didn't see him coming third. He got knocked out that. in fifth in the uh, one, the final one, which was the uh, uh, was tournament number five. That was the uh, that was the two hundred fifty dollar buy in. So he finished okay. fifth in that and won fifteen hundred sixty dollars. And then earlier, they made, a, he, they made a deal. They made a deal right after they knocked him out. Right after he went out, yeah, the final four. Yeah. And he finished uh, third in the three hundred sixty dollar black chip bounty tournament uh, that had a twenty thousand guarantee. 
finished in third place in that one and won $4,511. And that was a three-way chop there. Matt Sarkadoulis was the champion of that one. Yeah, and remember, if he knocked out a few people, he was getting 100 for each one of them. So that was good. Yeah, so uh, so he's uh, obviously moving into the next echelon, and uh, maybe 2021 will be his year. We'll see what happens with that. I, I, I hadn't seen Al since I worked at Dania, and I was going back to 26, 17 or 18. I can't remember now. And he was in the room. Uh, he's heard news that, you know, we will be running a tournament because I was, I was scheduled to run my tournament this past Sunday. But we postponed it earlier in the week till the 31st okay. of uh, this month. So come hell or high water, we will be running the tournament on the 31st. Okay. Uh, Lucky Hearts, as I mentioned, starts on the 14th. Uh, the opening event is a uh, $400 a limit on players per flight. And they will have two a day on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That is uh, the 14th, 15th, and 16th of January. And uh, so the guarantee for that one is 300000 That's the opening event. Uh, they also, early in the tournament, as is their custom, will have some mixed games. Uh, the Omaha 8 or Better tournament starts on the 14th as well. $400 buy-in and also a horse tournament the next day on the 15th. Uh, the main event, which uh, will be uh, carried, I guess, on TV a little later on, uh, falls on... Uh, January 22nd and 23rd, $3,500 buy-in, and they'll finish up on the 26th of that one and pay, play the final day. So we'll see what happens as far as live TV or uh, tape TV should be or Twitch or whatever you can uh, catch that on. But uh, certainly a step back into the direction they want to go. They were growing and growing and getting bigger and bigger. And this has definitely put a, a dent in their growth. But now people will have the brand-new poker room to play in as well. And this really could draw a lot of people if they're able to travel at that point. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I spoke with some people who were telling me stuff about the Hard Rock days. And I know they've been buying up properties, you know, other uh, gaming properties around the country. I, I don't know about you, Dave, but I just feel like, you know, obviously we always mention on our show what the weather's like at this time of the year. You know, we don't want to make fun of anybody who's listening in a cold state, but, you know, we think it's going to be cold and it's in the mid to, to upper 50s and we're dying of cold here. <laughs> so we yeah. think, um, my guess is I think the Hard Rock brand, uh, poker brand, is going to, I don't know, maybe try to rival the WSOP and, you know, have... There are other properties when, um, you know, uh, flights, what do you call those? Um, I forgot. Now, uh, my mind is drawing a blank. When you enter these tournaments, uh, satellite, satellite. The satellites, uh, right. To get it to the main event and have it down. Right. And you can have that down here. You can even split it up between camp and the hard rock at the three and a half, four hour ride. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking those, those are the thoughts that would be in my mind if I was, uh, you know, if I was in the marketing and in the poker business there with the Hard Rock, uh, eventually trying to make this brand what the WSOP has become. Right, exactly. Well, uh, there are certainly off to good start there. The hotel is beautiful. Uh, I drive by it very often uh, when I'm headed to work, and uh, this, the light shows are absolutely incredible on the building. Yeah, I haven't seen it at night only once. Oh, one of my ex, one of my ex dealers actually 
from somewhere in the casino. And it was just as a straight up, you're seeing the stick of the guitar straight up with uh, colors, uh, you know, with all the beautiful colors that they yeah, use. Yeah, the lights shoot up into the sky. That's the only thing I've seen, you know, so that's it. Well, I have, I have the opportunity to get by every day. I think they do a couple of light shows, maybe one around 6.30 or 7 o'clock and then one later at night. But uh, uh, certainly uh, it's it's a crown jewel of this city, I think, now in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, uh, obviously Miami has had the big uh, famous buildings downtown. Uh, it used to be called, what was it called, the First Union Center uh, where they used to light it up with colors at night and they had some interesting things. But this is now the star yeah, of the show. Yeah. The Intercontinental. Uh, well, not that, because I know they have that with, like, the dancing girl on the side. But they used to be uh, – yeah. or, as, or as the customer once told me, the stripper dancing on the side. Of the <laughs> <laughs> but they used to have that one that was, like, flat on one side and kind of round out, and they could change the different colors of the, the different – Joe, you got something to add on that? Well, it was, at the time, the Centrust. Was the the Centrust com- building. Centrust, yeah, Centrust building was the one that they would light up. Dolphins would win. They lighted up dolphin color. I don't know who owns it now. It, the building is still there. Yeah, but then the first union, it became the first union building, and then obviously these banks uh, sell out to one another. Uh, who yeah. knows what it's called The now. Uh, built by cocaine in South Florida uh, bank building. <laughs> that, one, that one was good. Oh, there's a bunch of them. But yes, yeah. I, you know, I just want to interject. I live oh, so close to the hard rock guitar that when I go into my backyard, I see that light and I see it uh-huh. in the front. Like I see it all the time. It's close. It's relatively close. Uh, just a couple of miles away. And it's a beacon, man. It's a beacon. It's genius. You see it and you think there's fun. It's right there. It makes you want to go. It's a landmark. It's like a it's just a beacon for fun wherever you are. Now, I don't go there a lot because of the pandemic, but only because of the pandemic. They've done something yeah. really special. And what they should do is build another one right across the street, a competing something else, a drum kit, something, and start working a South Florida casino strip down that road and start, you know, lease some property on the reservation to whoever and build a strip and make money. Uh, I know yeah. the one casino is great, but, you know, like once you've seen it, you want to explore. That's what Vegas is all about. You go from one to the next to the next to the next. And they've got the beginnings of that 20 years down the road. That's what's going to be there. You'll see. Of course, they're going to wipe out the paramutuals if they do that. But uh, the funny yeah. thing about that beacon I just wanted to mention was uh, – when when it's cloudy out, it goes into the clouds and it, and it like disperses the light and everything. It looks really cool. It does. It no, it's amazing. You well, can sit out there and the light shows, Joe. Uh, no joke, man. It's worth the trick. Is you got to park in the parking lot across the street. There's like a little strip mall there, right? You go in there, you you, you <laughs> pretend you're looking at something, and you just stare at the light shows. They're incredible. Or the top of the parking garage, and they're ever changing. There, it's it's really neat deal. So if you're a poker player, uh, now's the time to make a trip down here in January the 14th uh, through the 26th. The Seminole Hard Rock Lucky Hearts Poker Open set to come. A few other uh, news and notes I wanted to mention. Uh, We'll get to the uh, World Series of Poker online event in just a little bit. But uh, a couple of notes. One, uh, kind of a surprise announcement. Chris Moneymaker has uh, severed his ties with the – Poker Stars, which he has represented for about 17 years. Uh, pretty amazing. 
and uh, basically just decided. Now, he didn't really say too much why it happened. Uh, he didn't seem angry. It was a, a amicable parting from what I can tell. But I guess what happened was probably uh, he didn't travel hardly at all in 2020 because of COVID. And uh, he said he was going to cut way back on his poker and that sort of thing, spend more time with his family. And he was kind of happy that he didn't have to travel. And possibly there was some pressure put on to uh, expand the tournament series that they named after him and maybe a few other things and have him make appearances. And I think he was just a little bit tired of it. So uh, Ian made the announcement list past week that he is uh, he is not associated with poker stars any longer. Well, that's a shame for him, you know. Um, but like you said, after so long, <laughs> and they were still running tournaments in Europe because I don't remember them running tournaments during this pandemic. Uh, there were a few associated with Poker Stars, and of course, uh, they were involved, uh, you know, in a lot of the uh, uh, tournaments surrounding the uh, World Series of Poker. So. Uh, you know, not directly, but uh, they tied in with a lot of different things with other companies, I think. All right. Well, you know, it was a surprise. I know if I had been in his shoes, and I don't know if he's got any underlying conditions, but I don't think I would have traveled. Yeah, he seems to, to support. He seems to be healthy. And, uh, you know, it was a long and uh, successful association. He was the ambassador for the game for such a long time, just a guy who was a an accountant that got thrust into that role. And I think he, he fulfilled it well. He was always very nice when I talked to him. I interviewed him several times and uh, he would be walking down the hallway and would just stop and talk with me for, for 10, 15 minutes, which was great. So, uh, but he really deserves so much credit sparking the poker boom. And he uh, was inducted into the hall of fame last year. Uh, so, you know, he got, he's gotten the, uh, the accolades that he deserves, no question about it. Well, Dave, he he is he has cemented just just by winning that main event and how he's you know satellited in for twenty seven dollars online. Um, like you said, I know you've always mentioned that he's a real nice guy. Always had time to give you 10, 15 minutes when you were asking him questions to interview him. Um, I don't know, but as far as a casual poker player. More people know his name, you know, uh, as 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 the you know, breaking all all the barriers in poker with Chris Moneymaker than some of the you know, Hall of Famers that you know right. that we followed for so long at our age. You know, Moneymaker kind of you know is the face for anybody who's probably within the eighteen to you know late thirties, early forties now. You know, and. Uh, that's never going to go away. You know, a hundred yeah, years from absolutely. now, they'll, that, you know, poker's thriving a hundred years from now, you know, history books, people will, you know, refer to, you know, to the year that he won the main event and how, you know, how the poker world changed for the better and for always. Yeah. Well, he is uh, 45 years old and I don't think he's uh, done with poker, but he wants to step away from it a little bit and probably uh, just felt like he didn't want to travel in this dangerous time. I'm sure a lot of big businesses that have people representing them probably putting a lot of pressure on them to get out and start doing things again. But really, the COVID situation hasn't improved all that much and uh, probably not the smartest thing. Uh, I mentioned the Hall of Fame. He was inducted uh, last year 
with uh, David Oppenheim, uh, a high-stakes cash game pro. And uh, this year they decided to only name one person to the Hall of Fame. Did you hear who it was? No, I did not. Huck Seed, Huckleberry Seed, is the newest uh, member of the Poker Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Very so well, he, congratulations to you, Mister Mister Huck Seed. They had the voting over the uh, the World Series of Poker online event in December. Uh, he was the top vote getter. I don't know why they didn't uh, name two because the second place finisher in the vote getting was Matt Savage, with uh, fifty one votes. Seed had seventy six. And so that's the final vote count. Uh, some of the others that received votes. It was funny. Uh, uh, Isai Scheinberg was third. Elia Lesra fourth. And the magician, Antonio Esfandiari, was fifth in the voting. Uh, in sixth was the tag team duel of Lon McCarron and Norman Chad. They actually got 20 votes as a team to uh, be named to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Ted Forrest, Mike Matisau, Patrick Antonius. And uh, bringing up the bottom of the list was Chris Ferguson, who actually got three votes. Yeah, and that's, you know, obviously if Chris Ferguson hadn't been, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in that thing that happened at Full Tilt, yeah. he might have already joined. To be well, honest with you, out of that list of 10, out of that list of 10, let's see how you and I think, like, who surprised you that they're not in the Hall of Fame already because of the... the uh, probably, probably... Patrick Antonius, I think, maybe. Well, I was thinking more along uh, um, the magician. Yeah, well, the magician, the magician will, will get you in know, eventually. He but won, He won the biggest, the biggest payout, didn't he? And, yeah, and, the uh, biggest payout, of, the big first one, big payout, the big one for one drop, right? Uh, he'll be in eventually. Been, and, uh, oh, absolutely. His is just a matter of time. I just... I don't. I, I don't know how old he is. If, if was this his first year of eligibility? I'm not sure. I think he's right around forty, so it might have been his first year. But you there know, are now uh, fifty nine uh, members in the uh, in the Poker Hall of Fame, and uh, I think Matt Savage is certainly someone who deserves uh, to be in there. Matt will definitely be in there. Antonio Patrick Antonius. Um, who, who, uh, Ted uh, Forrest, like said, maybe. I don't know, Chris- yeah, that's old time, right? That's the old uh, guard, correct? Right, right. Ted Forrest, um, you know, with the success that he's had, I just don't know. This is, this is the equivalent of the steroid era with Chris Ferguson in poker. It's not steroid, but it's uh, being accused of of, of uh, whatever it is, the uh, yeah. Ponzi scheme or whatever, whatever the accusations were. But, uh, you know, him and Lederer, Two outstanding poker players. And, well, you know, as, lo- as long as they, they keep they Mike. never enter the Hall of Fame. As long as they keep Mike the Mouth out of there, I'm happy with that. You know what? You know, <laughs> he, he is what he is, but I'll tell you what, I gave him so much respect, and that's probably because I couldn't see him. You know, he's, like I told you, I had that story which I mentioned where, you know, he's a bit of an ass uh, at the Borgata tournament back in the early 2000s, the one that Daniel Negrano won. And it was just so funny. He goes, they stopped him. He goes, are you in the final six, Taylor? No, I'm like, then they said not to go in. And the bouncer was twice his size. And, you know, he came back with his tail between his legs, looking at a group of friends and telling them, this guy just doesn't know who I am. <laughs> and I heard and I heard all of that, you know. And, yeah, he's arrogant and everything else. But, you know, you got to give the man his due. Yeah. 
but he is an outstanding poker player. I agree. And Eric Seidel came down here. And, yeah. uh, Eric Go Seidel, ahead. by the way, he uh, he uh, posted a tweet on the reasons why he felt that Huck was his uh, Hall of Fame pick. He gave five reasons. Uh, he said he was the first player to break uh, Chip and Doyle's 30-year uh, hegemony in cash games. Uh, he had a great tournament record, including winning the WSOP Maine once. Uh, he's honorable and well-liked, was the inspiration for the main character in the movie Lucky You. And Bob Dylan wrote a song about him called Huck's Song. So uh, that was those were his reasons. And when people asked him to explain what he meant about number one, uh, the domination of the cash games. He said that uh, Chip Reese and Doyle Brunson dominated cash games for years and years. And when Huck came on the scene, he kind of took on all comers and crushed souls on a daily basis. He said he was uh, similar to, to, to Phil Ivy at a later time. Wow. High praise indeed. I mean, I've known the name for many years. Didn't know the whole story behind him. So, that's that's very interesting, Big Dave. I, that, <laughs> I won't forget that anytime soon. Yeah, I remember when the uh, when the Seminole Coconut Creek opened their poker room. They had a big uh, uh, celebration and media attraction, a party, and uh, the two guys that they asked to come in and uh, you know uh, make appearances were Jason Mercier and uh, Huxied. How old is Jason? I believe Jason's like my daughter's age, around thirty-five. My oldest daughter. You think he's a first-time uh, entry into it? Yeah, I would guess that he's probably around 35. Uh, I, I don't think it's quite like some of the other league Hall of Fames where they have an exact day when you're available. You certainly have to be over a certain age. So I don't think people look at it that closely. But uh, he will get in soon. And, uh, you know, I think he's got a long way to go to uh, cement his reputation for years and years. He certainly has done enough in his time, but he's still a young guy, and I'm certainly sure that he will have a career uh, ahead of him in poker when his kids start to get a little bit older. Well, you know, I'm thinking Daniel, I believe, got in as soon as he turned 40, didn't he? Yeah, it might be, but I don't think it's uh, something that people look at that closely. Well, because I believe 40 is the age. I believe you've mentioned that before. 40 is the youngest, you know, that you can get into a Hall of Fame. And um, I don't know. I mean, for... We've been doing this show for what, all close to eleven years? Almost now? eleven. Almost eleven. Yeah. And this young man has been an integral part of it since then, from winning his first uh, big tournament in San Remo to the experience that happened that night, which to me, as I've mentioned before, is probably the, the, my favorite all-time show. Was listening to Jason Mercier the first time he was on our show. Yeah. You know the continued success the backing of certain players that have become superstars and uh, and the class with which he's handled everything. So for me, that young man turns 40, if, unless he falls off, off the poker planet, uh, would be, for me, a very ideal p- person to put up there because of the money he's earned. And like I said, the continual success, if I'm not mistaken, Dave, uh, he was ranked number one between one and three for like five or six, seven years in a row by the, uh, what was that, the, the World Poker Index or something? The Glo- Global Poker Index. Yeah. Global the- Poker Index. There you go. So, okay. I can't well, imagine how hard that is to maintain that. So, 
Well, we're headed toward our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, the World Series Online Series. I did want to mention that tournament that you brought up briefly in the beginning. James Carroll, who uh, lives in Vegas now but was originally from Massachusetts, uh, won the $1,100 mid-stakes poker tour uh, Venetian event for $180,000. William Chow was second. Daniel Jones was third. So some of these tournaments are getting – underway and back in action it's nice to see and we'll hope uh you know we keep moving toward that uh we'll see what happens you know obviously lockdown going on in california now so uh you know we're not going to see anything out there for a while but again people need to uh get these vaccines as they're available and uh not uh walk away from the uh the protocols that have kept people safe over the years in certain places a lot of people just haven't done that and unfortunately, it's uh, it's caused a lot of spread. Uh, but uh, we will take a look at some of the other tournaments getting underway. The uh, Australian uh, Millions, I guess, was canceled. And we're not going to see a lot of this stuff. A couple of years ago, the tournament in the Bahamas was canceled. That was normally a staple of January. But uh, the Seminole Hard Rock, as you mentioned, taking over for a lot of things. We'll see what happens with the Lucky Hearts Poker Open. Uh, one other note I wanted to mention, a lawsuit that's been going on for about 10 years between uh, the state of Kentucky and uh, Poker Stars was finally resolved and ruled in favor of the state of Kentucky. They uh, sued uh, Poker Stars for operating illegally inside their state's borders and that 34,000 Kentucky residents deposited on the site and lost nearly $300 million. So uh, they have gone on and on with this case. And finally, a decision was made uh, very recently. It was reversed one time and then back again. And the final ruling was that Poker Stars has been ordered to pay $1.3 billion to the state of Kentucky. <laughs> so oh, pretty crazy. $1.3 billion. Wow. So anyway, uh, the big news now is the World Series of Poker uh, online hybrid event, which came to a conclusion in, over the weekend with Damian Salas capturing the head-to-head play. And I'll talk a little bit about uh, who finished in that and, and what happened when we return. When you're listening to Poker Action Line, Big Dave and Joe, and uh, we'll take this break on the program. Don't forget you can always pick up the show on SoundCloud, on uh uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, really, and uh, a few other places that we like to tout as uh, carrying our show very faithfully over the years, the Poker Fuse podcast page, the Hold'em Radio Network, and, of course, our website, Poker Action Line, is some of the older shows that you can pick up uh, on their uh, Podbean page and uh, and check out some of the inter- interesting interviews that we had years ago, including the one that Joe just mentioned with Jason Mercier. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more on the show when we return. Poker Action Line resumes after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving. 
without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> you don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. show big dave lemon joe rodriguez uh, and poker action line as we come to you from our usual place in, in south florida and uh, looking forward to a big year in south florida poker uh, all we can do joe uh, is uh, hope that things continue to recover you have now taken over the room at casino miami uh tell us a little before we get into the uh, world series of poker stuff tell us a little bit about how things have gone for you what the response has been uh, what the welcome back has been from your players uh, there that have played there for many years. Well, Dave, uh, <laughs> not to pat myself on the back, but uh, I have a new, you know, new staff there. So I never got to train those dealers in the past. They either started working for me or I was training them. Um, we've made a few adjustments. Some of it while I was actually had been promoted and was still out with the COVID-19 and um, they've really worked. You know, we've, uh, we've been able to correct some mistakes and, you know, pick up some of the money that's been left on the tables, uh, which only goes back to the players and, and better promotions. And a um, lot of kind words from uh, dealers from other casinos that have frequently <laughs> worked for me in the past and have frequently, into uh, our place now, and they were like, "Man, if I had known you were going to take this place over, I might have joined you back uh, March of '19 when we opened up the room." So the response has been very popular. Um, I forgot how much hard work it is, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot how much running around. It's uh, extremely a lot of technical stuff that, as both of you, you and Joe both know on this show, is not my my forte, my strong point. Um, but I have uh, great people in the staff, especially one young man that was brought on that's just been kicking ass and, and a young lady that works with us as a supervisor. Both of them have been really kicking ass. Um, you know, Dave, it's funny. I, I know you don't have any children, but it, I had to put in a little bit of discipline and, and, you know, had to take, people had to take responsibility for some of the things that they weren't doing right and which wasn't being done before that. So, you know, the room was a little chaotic, but the promotions uh, that we have put forth that, that you know, our, our boss, I'll say that since you're back at Casino Miami itself, has uh, asked me to put up forth have been very successful in this last three, four weeks. And I'm just hoping that the tournament brings on a whole new different, you know, era for, for Casino Miami. Um, I'm teaming up with a gentleman who's running them at another at another casino, and he's had a lot of great success. Great guy, and um, I believe it'll it'll bring back a certain amount of excitement 
that we used to have almost every single day back when I ran it, you know, back in 2012, 2013. So, is the kind, um, is I'm the happy. Kind, I'm glad I, was, I was just going to say, is the kind of money that uh, you need to promote the room on a, on a, on a major basis available to you? It's, you know, it's funny because uh, I am learning so many things now. And I, you know, I've been in this business for 30 years, over 20 years. As a, as, a, as a manager of the room. Um, yeah, if we had that kind of money to, to promote, we could fill up our 12 tables, but you know, it's, it's a simple math, Dave. You can't give out on a consistent basis, you know, three three times, four times what your rate is, because then you're just gonna, I mean, what your jackpot rate is, because then you're just gonna give your house rate all back to them. On top of the fact that you're gonna pay, in our case, 14% tax, Tend to the state and Florida the highlight players, so um, you're hoping that you're getting more business in the slots and food. And we're in a di- we we are competing very very nicely right now, Dave, due to the fact of the restrictions for everybody. You right. Understand? Right. So our room is is a much smaller room now than when I had it. They, they made it a little smaller. Our competitors' rooms, as you well know run into the 20s some of them might even get up to 30 32 tables so once the restrictions are off and you don't have to be six feet apart they're going to open up a lot more of their rooms plus they don't have to limit themselves to seven players those two factors have been very big for us uh and and being able to compete with them you know and being that people know they can't, there's only so many seats available to them in, in Hialeah or Magic City, have been coming over and we've been winning them over. By the way, we're running the room now, um, you know, making sure that, you know, there's no better way of me putting this, but troublemakers and loudmouths that had been thrown out previously were allowed back in. And I'm working very hard on making sure that they either, they're like choir boys or as soon as they step out of line to get them out of the casino. Because uh, a couple of Saturdays ago, Dave, we had seven women in the room. And I hadn't seen that many women in the room playing since before I came back. We, we hadn't even come close to that since we opened the room. And I keep telling people, when you see women in, 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 in sitting down playing at your tables, it's because they feel comfortable there. Right. There's, you know, you, you've, you've gotten rid of some of the bad eggs and, you know, some of the people who, you know, think that they're, they're, they're playing on the street corner, you know, and they, they act like they're street corner people. And I told them, I told them that I've thrown out. I said, listen, I'm running a business here. I go, not, you know, this is not the streets where you get pissed off at me or anybody else. We either swing at it, shoot at each other or whatever. I go, this is, you know, this is not your the playground. So, well, Hopefully from what I'm seeing, it's word is getting out that we're not putting up with that kind of uh, nonsense. At, at well, you know, the problem is these people uh, grew up playing uh, dominoes on Flagler Street. So, uh, you know, they're used to but behaving they, in a certain I mean, way. I, 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 too, but you know what? Even in dominoes, uh, I would not put up with that. They, they police themselves pretty good. But, you know, it's 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 a shame, Dave, because. One, women don't want to go where people are using bad words or they feel intimidated. And two, 
95, 97% of men don't want that either. So yeah. I want to go and have a good time. Yes, Joe. This guy is Wyatt Earp and Tombstone, man. He is when he goes in there to the Oriental and he throwing guys out and he's cleaning up the place and he's taking Joe, you're like a hero. I love that story. The problem is I don't have a half a stake in it. <laughs> well, not yet. As, as, Kurt Russell, as Kurt Russell said, you gotta have yeah, no, but that's the same the, story, though. Game that was the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh game. Yeah, but uh, you know what it is, Joe, and I'm going to be honest with you, and I hope I'm not boring our, our listeners, but you know, I mentioned something to uh, our boss Dave prior about a week before we opened the room, and I was so grateful that he had invited me back, and the kid in charge used to be my assistant. That didn't go over as well as I thought it would. You know, uh, we had a lot of issues between us, and then he finally left. But I kept telling, you know, I kept telling our boss uh, Dan that, you know, I know, I know the whole building and all of that is his baby. He's been there for so many years, as you well know. But I told him, I said, poker room is like my baby. I'm like the babysitter who, <laughs> who brought the poker room in, and right. for the better part of all the years that they've been open, I've been in charge of that, and I take a lot of pride in that. You yeah, for that's, sure. That's for gonna sure. be the one thing that people you know, hopefully remember me. And then, like I said earlier, getting such kind word from so many people that have worked for me uh, or that I've trained. And, you know, it, it really, it, you know, it, it does stroke the ego. I will tell you that it's made me feel really good. And, you know, Dave, you and I are the same age. I think we're six months apart in age. And, you know, I'm hoping to retire in less than four years. So this is to me, like, not to say my last hurrah, but, you know, this has become a younger man's game right now. So if I can get this place in shape, in order, and running smoothly, you know, hopefully I can hand the reins over to, to a much younger qualified guy. Right. You know, in, in three or four years. So. Yeah, no question about it. Well, you've done a tremendous job, and you certainly are a staple in uh, South Florida poker. There's no question about that. Uh, let's go to the World Series of Poker. And uh, some interesting stories emerged out there. The winner was Joseph Bear, a 38-year-old from uh, Louisiana, uh, who had uh, under 700000 in lifetime earnings. He picks up first-place prize of $1.553 million. Uh, 705 players played in the event. I talked a little about this last week, but it was a very short show, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't hear it. But uh, the big story heading in was that Upeshka da Silva, uh, the three-time bracelet winner, uh, originally from Brazil, I believe he lives in Texas now, was uh, tested tested positive for COVID-19 and, according to the rules, was disqualified and received ninth-place money. So uh, both the domestic... Uh, side of the event, the uh, U.S. Uh, version and the European version, which was in Razvadov about two weeks earlier, both had eight players at the final table because a player from China refused to travel to the Czech Republic to play. So he, too, was disqualified. So they had eight players at the U.S. Uh, side. This was on uh, the 28th, and Bear wins the tournament. Ron Jenkins finished second, won just over a million dollars. Uh, Michael Cannon, third. Ryan Haggerty, fourth. Uh, Tony Yuan was fifth. And the field rounded out the final table. Harrison Dobin, Sean Stroke, and Gershon Distenfeld. Uh, Gershon was an interesting story because going into the tournament, he said whatever he wins, won, he was going to contribute 
to some of the food banks and other uh, charities around the country. So uh, he unfortunately was the first one out uh, of the final eight, but uh, Abear wins the tournament. So that was the 28th. We already had a champion, uh, Damian Salas, the former November Niner from Argentina, uh, was slated to come. He was held up for travel because of uh, some travel restrictions in the U.S., they were supposed to play on December 30th, but actually they didn't get that off until uh, this January 3rd. And it was a pretty interesting final. Uh, obviously, they're going head-to-head, so they start out with the same number of chips. Uh, the international turn, I mentioned 705 for the U.S. side. Seven, uh, I'm sorry, 674 entries from the international tournament. So he, too, won uh, $1.55 million. Uh, and they were playing for an additional $1 million added to the prize money for the head-to-head event. So they got to playing, and Bear took a big lead, had a 9-to-1 chip advantage at one point. Uh, but when things were looking bad for Salas, uh, they played an interesting hand where Bear had king four of diamonds and uh, ended up uh, – the flop came down king queen king so uh that was a that was a huge pickup for him to uh take a big lead and he got up to a 9 to 1 chip advantage and uh then the first uh, all in call of the match took place and salas uh, had shoved from the button with ace deuce offsuit and abear had king 5 offsuit and from there, uh, there was an ace on the flop, and Salas was able to double up. He doubled up two more times and ended up taking the lead before uh, they played back and forth for quite a while. And finally, uh, things finished up. There were some volatile swings back and forth in this thing. In the final hand, Salas uh, had a slight lead and was holding king-jack, uh, and uh, Bear had ace-queen, both offsuit. Ace queen against King Jack, and there was a king on the flop, and then a king on the river. Uh, never, uh, Abear never got an ace or a queen to uh, get himself in position, so that ended the match. And uh, so the final total for uh, Damian Salas: two million five hundred fifty thousand nine hundred sixty-nine dollars. Wow, that's a lot of money. That, well, that's because he won the million dollar extra, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the interesting thing, uh, well, his final, uh, the, the quote from Salas was, uh, he said that the, the swings in the final match, he said, that's part of the magic of poker, pure adrenaline. It's a roller coaster that you face down in a moment. And then he said, that's why poker is so good and beautiful. He said, what happened at the table today was poker and its pure essence. He said, I have worked a lot to accept the good times that poker can give you and the bad moments too. Yeah, that's a great comment because you will get both of them if you play this long enough. That's funny because, uh, you know, my regular job at Dania Highlight is owned by an Argentine company that uh, owns casinos in Argentina. And uh, there's not a lot of big name players from Argentina, uh, maybe more from Brazil. But uh, he said that he feels like uh, this single performance here will help uh, Latin American poker. and And I'm sure you agree with that, Joe. Absolutely, and you know, it's been growing. Trust me. I know that Aruba had a thriving poker scenario down there, as we know. Our our former friends from the PPC, you know, ran their main event in Aruba, and um, 
you know, whenever they would run, not them, but when another tournament was being run, there was a lot of South American poker players that would fly in for this. And, uh, you know, like you said, this is just going to <laughs> add fuel to the, to the fire and just make that thing burn brighter. 45 years old from uh, Chascomus, Argentina. He finished seventh in the 2017 main event uh, final table and now has over 5.7 million in his, in his career. The first champion, uh, world champion from Argentina. So congratulations to Damian Salas. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about how they pulled this thing off uh, and what the negatives were. There were a lot of people that were very unhappy. A lot of people did not want to travel to the tournament. So they didn't even get ex- excited about the online portion of the event where they would play at home because they said, hey, if you know, if I win this thing or I make the final table, I don't want to fly to Vegas. So uh, there was an article written on uh, Card Player Magazine by Gavin Griffin. And he said, uh, you know, he wrote a, he had wrote an article earlier called This Is Not the Main Event You're Looking For. But he said, uh, offering a tournament like this where players have to travel to play in it during the worst days of the pandemic is a cynical and irresponsible move by those in charge at the WSOP. He said, even though I live only a four-hour drive from Vegas and have a safe place to play, I will not be participating in this event. I just don't feel comfortable supporting it. And you wonder how many other people are out there that feel the same way. Well, you know, Gavin said it beautifully there, you know, uh, in the middle of the pandemic, um, you know, it's fine if you want to run them and you did this, but then you want to fly this, you know, the, the final table into Vegas, knowing that, you know, those people are coming from Europe without knowing what's going on. To me, you know, I don't think I could have said it any better than Gavin did. But that being said, Dave, I don't understand the players' complaint. And the reason I tell you that is... Um, the rules were set before you pay ponied up your money as right. your entry fee, right? Right. So you knew. So how are you going to complain about something that you no one held on to your head to put up that money and play? You knew that that if you were good enough and lucky enough to get to a final table, well, to continue in the tournament, you were going to have to travel. So from that standpoint, yes, I don't think they should have run this tournament and, and, and structured it the way they did. But from a player standpoint, it's what I tell people. Players just love to bitch and moan about just about anything. Um, you know, it's so hard to understand, you know, yeah, oh, so so you weren't upset about having to travel if you possibly got there, uh, you know, whenever whenever it was that you registered and started playing in the tournament, you'd have been happy, happily, uh, you'd have been happy to bubble out of the tournament. You know, I don't think there's any other player that's going to tell you that, Dave. You know, you enter a tournament to try to win it. And uh, and if you do, well, you know what, like in the main event, you know that if you're going to get to that final table, you better be prepared to put in 96 to 100-something hours of poker time. You can't then later complain and say, you know, this thing thing takes too long. They should have cut this by 25 hours. (laughs) This, This is what the tournament is. This is what you have to go through. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to join it and play in it, don't complain just because you had success and it doesn't go the same way that you wanted to. Yeah, I, I've never understood that. Never well, understood that. One of the problems for De Silva was, and I believe, as I mentioned, I believe he lives in Texas now, but he tested positive for COVID like December 10th, and then he tested negative 
after that, like I believe about the 20th. So he was unsure whether he should go or not. Uh, you know, there wasn't enough time, I guess, for him to go and uh, have been cleared completely. So they told him, well, why don't you come here and, uh, you know, we'll t- we t- we're testing everybody the night before the tournament and then we'll make a decision then. Well, he did go out there and tested positive, so he was unable to play. So I feel bad for him making the travel out there. But uh, a lot of people complained. They said, why are we even having a live component to this event in this uh, time period? We had a World Series of Poker champion crowned this summer, uh, Stoyan Medanjev, for $3.9 million in the online series over the summer. And to call this a main event uh, later in the year with a live uh, portion to the event where you had to travel to Vegas, a lot of people felt that was just wrong. Well, like I said, I agree 100%. I think that's wrong. Once again, that, those parameters were set before the start of the tournament. So, you know, right or wrong doesn't matter at this point. You're bitching about something that you could have controlled by not entering the tournament. You understand? Yeah. Whether, whether it's good or bad, and I agree that it, they should never have had a live component to this. But once it was set... You know, the, the, the final for throwing up the money was, was on right. you. And yeah. I don't, un- yes, I don't understand. You know what the parameters are going to be, so you know exactly what the conditions are. If I test positive for COVID during this tournament, isolate yourself wherever, wherever it was that you were doing this and isolate yourself so you don't run, you know, the risk of getting COVID, of getting this disease. And I, once again, it's, I can't agree more that they should not have had the live event. I can't, I can't disagree more with these players saying, oh, you know, complaining about it. You knew what the rules were. If in the middle of the tournament they go, oh, by the way, we're going to bring you guys in here, then you got a reason to be upset. But all of these things were spoken and, and laid out in, in the plan for the people to see. So don't understand the complaining part of it, yeah. now, especially from those who got there. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, you know, it just kind of makes me, uh, you know, interested in finding out what people are going to look back at this tournament 10 years ago. Obviously, we look back at uh, Chris Moneymaker in 2003 and some of the great champions over the years that really stand out in our minds. Uh, when we look back at this one, are people going to remember that uh, Madanchev won in the summer or if uh, Bear and Salas competed head to head in December or are we just going to remember that uh, Upeshka da Silva was disqualified for COVID-19? Dave, I'll tell you what. That's a great question. And at first I thought, well, the novelty of winning it, you know, and then this year, but obviously with, you know, so many deaths, so many people getting it, you know, you want to kind of forget 2020. And I believe that the only way uh, – that the majority of these players are going to be remembered is if they have continued success and win another big tournament, a bracelet down the road, and then people start saying, hey, this guy was the one who won, got a bracelet in 2020. If, if they, they you know, fade away, so to speak, uh, you know, that they're not as successful and win a big, big name tournament, I don't know about you, Dave, but... <laughs> I probably won't remember this trivia question 10 years down the road unless these players have had continual success because then people will say, well, he was also the champion in 2020 in the summer, and that'll start sticking with you. If not, 
you know, people are going to have to say, wait a minute, I got to look it up. I got to Google that and see what the name of the winner was in that in that tournament in tournament. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people live and die by that information, uh, you know, and keep track of that every year. So it certainly have put a crimp in that. But, uh, you know, obviously we'll move on and hopefully uh, we can get back on schedule with a whole uh, uh, great period. But uh, as things wind down here on the program, uh Huck Seed, we'll congratulate him on getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. We'll hope that Matt Savage gets in next year or maybe down the road. Uh, we wish all the good luck to our friends that are playing locally here. Uh, we mentioned Al Gomez and uh, some of the other people locally that look like they're breaking out in this game a little bit. Uh, you're going to have your big tournament January 31st. Uh, you think it's going to draw pretty well from around town? Well, I definitely do. Uh, like I said, the young man that that is uh, assisting us with this and you know working with us um, has had great success. He's got a great following. Um, so yeah, I believe so. I mean, you know, we're going to offer. Remember, in our room right now, forty nine players is the most we can have in the room. If we move a, one table around that we kind of you know um, played with. We can get one extra table in there for an extra seven, so that would be 56 people. We're going to give a $10,000 prize pool guarantee with 5000 guaranteed for first place. And the buy-in is 120 Rebuys at the table. Anytime you're at 10000 or below, you can rebuy for, 10, for 100 And once we get to the end of level eight, uh, there'll be a 15-minute break for the players along with the last chance for you to rebuy, um, uh, you know, buy in, and or get the um, the add-on, which uh, will be fifty dollars, no matter what your stack size is, for an additional twenty-five k in chips. Well, so we invite we invite people to, to the excitement. We certainly invite people to head out there. It's a very nice poker room. I can vouch for that. Uh, I've been working part time over at uh, Casino Miami since they they're running a two-month highlight season. But uh, it's, the room is right next to the William Hill race book, which uh, we can only hope that sports betting takes off here this year or in the next couple of years, because that will be a fantastic place oh, to have that. And uh, I'm sure you're very excited about the prospects of, uh, you know, filling more tables, bringing in more tables and, and, and doing some great stuff there. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if we if we reconfigure the room a little bit, um, we could probably add a couple of more tables if we had to. Um, I love, <laughs> I would love for that to happen under my watch, Dave. You know, which means we were able to turn this room around and and head in, in a really good positive direction. And um, you know, I I would love to be the person that 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 could tell people, hey, I help bring more tables and make this room grow you know and um like i said i look at the room dave believe it or not like it's my child so you know i was there from the moment it was born uh helped its cousin in tampa <laughs> the cousin in tampa and for me you know this is this is like i've told the boss i said this is this is it for me in the poker business regardless yeah you know, so success here or whatever else so, in my opinion, this is my last hurrah at my age, and I really want to go out on top. I've had nothing but great fun, you know, so much pride in, in, in 
you know, Miami highlight, which whether it was called before, not for Seattle, Miami. Um, I just want to see it reach the levels that we had eight, nine years ago. So, well, if people are planning on traveling to traveling to South Florida for uh, whatever, uh, the Seminole Hard Rock or just a vacation, the weather here right now is absolutely beautiful. I walked out this morning. It was like it was like 63 degrees and, uh, you know, warmed up into the 70s during the day. It's absolutely <laughs> beautiful here. And uh, check out Miami Highlights right near the Miami International Airport. Just right around the corner, less than a five minute drive. If you jump in a cab or an Uber and head over there and check it out. It's a nice place to play. And uh, certainly um, Joe would be happy to, to greet you there. Absolutely. And, and guess what? If you're, if you're on a layover, um, you know, if they call the casino, they'll send somebody to pick them up and pay somebody to take them back. They can bring their luggage. We'll store it in the security office. Uh, you know, every day we see people like that. They get over there come with their luggage and maybe their flight doesn't leave till eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. Well, you know, uh, any new, new signee to casino Miami, uh, in the players club on the flat side automatically gets $50 in free play. Yeah. So, uh, you know, deal. it's a lot of fun. And I think they've mentioned once, once you're outside the terminal, you know, literally it can take you five minutes or less to get there. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, come by and say hello. Ask for me when you when you get there. All right. I mentioned sports betting briefly, and uh, just to let you know that uh, a pair of poker pros actually won one of the biggest uh, sports betting tournaments in the country for many many years, the Las Vegas Super Contest, which is at the Westgate in Las Vegas. They uh, they won it. David O D B Baker, original David Baker, really? and, and Mark Grigorich paired up and won four hundred thirty five thousand for winning that event. I actually played in that one year when I was working uh, on the internet company that I worked for, uh, SportsGamingGuru.com, and uh, so it's a, it's a great tournament. You pick five games each week, and uh, they they do such a great job of keeping everybody up to date on the standings. And they also finished in a tie for second in a contest at Circo, the brand new hotel out there in Vegas, adding another 200000 to their bank account. So great poker players and great sports bettors as well. Uh, also, as we close the show, Joe, I want to say uh, best of luck in 2020. Joe Costello as well. Uh, quickly run down the people. 21. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 21. Run down, <laughs> run down the people who passed away, uh, poker players that passed away in 2020. Uh, obviously, everybody knows about Mike Sexton, but some of the other big names associated with poker included Rod Party, uh, Kenny Rogers, who wasn't really a poker player, but did a lot to promote the game with his song, The Gambler. Uh, Susie Q, Susie Zhao, who was uh, actually murdered in Michigan, uh, passed away. Sam Grizzle, well-known player. Darvin Moon, who finished second in the World Series of Poker main event. Bob Big Tex Talbot, uh, Robert Gray, Alan Smurfett, and Ken Tilden. Uh, all longtime players. A couple of them passed away from COVID, but it was a rough year for a lot of reasons. And uh, we certainly um, hope that uh, we do uh, have a lot more fun in 2021. Joe, thank you for uh, everything in the course of the year. And Joe Costello, you as well. We appreciate it and look forward to some good shows here after the first of the year. Uh, This is Big Dave Lemon. And uh, we'll join you after the first of the year. For many more shows into 2021, look forward to that, and we'll see you then.
The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 